Dawn and Steve are joined by Phil Herndon of the River Tree Centre this morning. Dawn is all prayed up, so we're ready. Got a question for him? Then call or text 800 555 7898. That's the same number you can get the Devo on. 800-555-7898. Yes, indeed, as we look at some practical things. I love practical, don't you? When you are confronted with the things that are like, okay, if you've been wondering how you take the next step in your walk with Christ, Colin Smith with Open the Bible has about five, that four, that we can look at this morning. And I'm looking forward to starting in Deuteronomy 6 here in just a couple of seconds. Oh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yes. Because yes, we should have you do it. it uh, me? Yeah. Why, why would you have me do that? With Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith and Steve Hiller. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right so, after the show in many of our markets, that's I, you just go from one Steve Hiller show to the next to Steve the next Hiller one. show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if you miss the, the morning show, then you could just listen to Open the Bible if that comes on next. And you can still hear Steve. Just that comforting voice. You can, do, yeah. Listen all day long. In fact, there are some markets mm-hmm. where I my voice is on three different shows. The yes. four, yes. actually. And uh, every once in a while, I'll have a listener that uh, meets me for the first time like, do you ever go home? Right. Do, do you ever? That's like, a good what, question. How do you do this? Fair question. I'm like, uh, you know, I'll let you in on a little secret. Not every show is done live. It's true. Yeah. This one is most of the time. <laughs> this one? Yeah. Don and Steve in the morning? Yeah. I'm going to say 98% of the time it's live. Yes. But, like today. Yeah. And you never know what's going to happen because the jet lag or something is setting in. I'm not even sure what's going on today. Oh, today could be fun, huh? It could be. Are we going to have Punchy Don show <laughs> up it, here? I don't even know. I really don't. I'm like, you know, this is one of those days for the safety of all involved in life. <laughs> you should probably have stayed in bed. But I couldn't. I just... We, being out last week, I and you know Phil is here. Well, exactly. When Phil Herndon shows up, I'm going to be you here. You got to be here. For yes. That. Yeah. And well. we're going to talk about some good things coming up here in a few moments. Just trying to keep us seeking after the Lord with all the difficult things of life. Well, and that's exactly what today's devotional is going to be focused on: how to align your life, how to seek after the Lord, and as you said. You're going to Deuteronomy to do this this morning. Oh, yes. is It is the Lord, your God, that you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. What is Deuteronomy 6.13 looking at? Moses, he's telling us how we can align our lives around one consuming passion for the Lord. And here's where we go. We go with our heart, and we look at 6.6, Deuteronomy 6.6, where it says, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. The command is to love the Lord with all your heart, but it has to begin with your heart, and it's learned over a lifetime. Let the Word of God daily lead you to the cross. And then our conversation. Our conversation as we go to Deuteronomy 6-7, you shall teach God's commands diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. So don't let your love for the Lord, your service for the Lord, or your giving to the Lord be a private thing. How many times have you heard somebody say, well, that's, that's just personal to me? I understand it's personal, but talk about it. Talk about it with your family. Open your heart to them. Let them see the passion that drives you. And then the example, I got to tell you, this one, this one is what got me between the eyes this morning because of a few things I've been saying for about a year now, you shall bind God's commands as a sign on your hand 
In Deuteronomy 6a, put your love for the Lord into practice in your commitments, your choices, and your ministry. Okay, that one, uh, that resonates with me. And if you want to align your family around a single passion for the Lord, you have to step out. Lead by example yourself. Don't just talk about it. You have to do it. So I think about Bible study. I think about doing things in our community that show others the love of Christ and leading the way for those that are in the family or those that are around you in your life. And then finally, your family. You shall write God's commands on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6.9, bring your children into this. It's a great consuming passion of your life. Let them be part of it. Allow them to participate. The parents who said, we can't enter the land because of the children, they led their children into the desert. The parents who said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Joshua 24, 15. They led their children into the promised land. So what, just one area, just pick one to take that next step in your walk with Christ. What one area of your life could you start realigning today? This devotional is on our Facebook page, which is Don and Steve in the morning. You could also text that word Devo, D-E-V-O, to 800-555-7898, and we'll send you the link this morning. Thanks for joining us on Moody Radio. Why, oh why, are you putting on your seatbelt over there? I'm buckling up. Yes, this ought to be a fun hour. I think it's going to be something. We wonder if the jet lag is uh, setting in. I, We're not quite sure what's going on over here. My I think there's a good chance it is. You think that's it? I think that that's it. I haven't had jet lag I'm gonna, in a long time. Really, uh, well, that's what I'm going to attribute it to. Okay. I'll go with you on that. We'll, we'll go there. And also, anytime we talk about really serious life things and try to try to understand how God has created us and made us with these feelings. And I, I don't know. Uh, there are things that Phil Herndon knows very full well that I will just relegate to the corner because I can't make sense of them. And I'm like, okay, well, here's how I'm going to deal with that. I'll just put you over here in the corner. <laughs> I was watching something last night, Phil, that said it, how we compartmentalize and somebody, uh, the, the counselor in this scene, I was watching NCIS and the counselor in the scene said, what happens is when you compartmentalize, you put everything in a backpack one by mm-hmm. one. And pretty soon that backpack will get too hard to carry. And then you start doing things acting out. Mm-hmm. And so as I was thinking about that and what's coming up in 2024, I mean, we're here almost at the end of January and a lot of folks would come into the new year going, woohoo year new me new plan new all the things and i wonder at january 30th like how how's that working out for everybody (laughs) right and and yet we still have a full year ahead of us and when folks come and they want to talk about the things that are happening in life the future Mm -hmm. is that bothersome to Mm -hmm. folks Mm mm-hmm First of all, I, I, Steve, I don't, I'm not wondering if jet lag has her today. <laughs> I did, right? Yeah. So it's not really in question, no, uh, is it? No, no, I don't have any. you all are cracking me up. Uh, really? <laughs> well, that goes both ways. Yeah, it's a little reciprocal we're here. We're sort of not cracking up with her, are we? Right. Are we, Steve? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, that is the age old, you know, Jesus really comes to a point uh, in several places, actually, but. Especially, you know, in Matthew, we were talking about that before we came on air today. Jesus is really clear, like, I know your human proclivity is to think about the future and to worry about it and to give it all kinds of room in your brain. What's next? What's going to happen? 
boy, it's a new year. It's it's Jan, end of January, and I've already broken my whatever resolution. Oh no, what does that mean for the other eleven months? And fancy word for that is catastrophizing. You know, the human brain. It, we we love to go out to the farthest point, the farthest extreme, and that way, like, well, anything that happens this side of that, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I'm not saying pointedly it's what Jesus is talking about, but he he knew humanity. And he's like, I know what you can do and will do with this, but let me tell you the way to go if you're going to really follow me. And so Jesus is well aware of what we're capable of, and he uh, is sovereign at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I look at his sovereignty, look at all of that, and and then I'm wondering, why is it, Phil, that I can know he is sovereign and I can know he is good, and I can know he is loving, and I can know all these truths about <laughs> him, yet at the same time, I can kind of look down the road as well yeah. and look at the p- potential for my where I think my life might be headed, and I can know all those things about God and at the same time get myself all worked up into a little bit of a panic. Yeah, that that gets back to—we will spend a lot of brain time today—that gets back to—and I know God's Word says we're fearfully, wonderfully made, so I'm going to trust that, but I wonder, like— what in the world were you doing making our brain so left-right? Now, I know, you know, brain people out there are going, wait a minute, it's not that easy, and it isn't. But in terms of the macro anatomy of the brain, it's like, well, I do have that side of my brain, mainly left brain, that says, yeah, I know all this data. This is, this is data, God's Word and all these things. But then over here on the other side of my head where the, the story of my life lives, all the influences, how I grew up, my genetic disposition, uh, things that have happened to me, things I can't explain. My right brain looks over the left brain and goes, give me an explanation for this. And the left brain goes, well, all I know to do is just to project into the future and inform how you live life by way of your trauma. And so that's where we, that's where all that data is like, yeah, I know that I know what it says, ink on paper, but my experience has been if I'm not blank, if I'm not paying attention, that's where so much of addiction comes in. I certainly would never say that's all that it is, but you know, there's even a, a phrase that's used in recovery circles called future casting. Like I future cast. And when I think about the future, I'm so not in charge of it. I know that part. Okay, I'm not sovereign. He is. That means he's in charge. I better do something or act something out that takes away the pain of not knowing exactly what's coming down the pike. Hmm. And there in is where we go after addictions mm-hmm. so that it will kind of you said one time that it's a relationship we're seeking. We're seeking connection. Yeah. And if we can't control all mm-hmm. the things that mm-hmm. we can't control the past, we can't control the future and we want to trust the Lord. We're not quite sure how to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you say right brain, left brain. I understand a little bit more about that than I did a couple of years ago. I'm wondering, though, how, how do we kind of bring those together? God's created both sides of the brain. <laughs> how do we bring those together, especially if the past seems to be in the past and we th- we've been taught that's how to deal mm-hmm. with it? Just let her go. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. But it's really kind of not. Yeah, it's really kind of not. I wish it were. That's the reason no one thinks someone that survives warfare and is, and is really having feelings about it and the war was decades ago. No one thinks that person is crazy because they're still having feelings about what they remembered, but somehow if it's not super-duper big trauma like that, then you're supposed to just let the past be the past. Well, the answer to your question, there's even research around it that can maybe get into later, but the, the answer is the thing that brings a right and left brain together is called words. 
speaking out loud. We, we bring language, mainly language from the left side of the brain, and it goes over to the right side. So I've said to a lot of people, a lot of times the right brain holds the story, the detail, the emotional details of the story, and we tell that story from the left brain, and they come together, and that part of the brain that really gets lit up with trauma settles down just with the act of doing. That's what's so important about, you know, we call it talking things out. Yeah, and, and so what is it? And if we, if we know scientifically or how the brain works, what is it about putting words to it that seems to help in that way? Is it a matter that we're just taking an organizing thought and bringing logic to it and, in a sense, telling one side of the brain, hey, we can try and make some <laughs> sense of, of what's going on here? Or is there something more that's happening? It's kind of both, um, Steve. I think the best example of that would be when a, a little child is in bed at night and really, really afraid. Think about that being the right brain. Like all the child knows, I'm afraid. Yeah. And you tell a child, like, there's no such thing as dragons. It's just, you know, the doors are locked, and the and their ch- child's right brain's going, oh, good talk. I'm afraid. You know? Yeah. Don't <laughs> care about that. And so think about the left brain being mom or dad who walks into the room and says everything's okay, let me talk to you. Because once that right brain is attended through presence, the words can get in. And so that's an example of how the brain, very you know, elementary way of understanding that. A lot of science under that, but for me, Georgia blood here, that, that's the best way to understand yeah. it. We that like simple. Sense. Yeah, we yep. like simple. Simple makes makes good sense and helps us to take those practical steps. And and even as you're looking at Matthew 6 and knowing that the Lord tells us these things, he instructs us in these ways of like seeking him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, not worrying about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. We know that. We believe that. And then we don't operate in that. And a lot of it is because of our story in the right side of the brain and then the logic on the left side of the brain and bringing it all together by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because after all, he is the one who created the brain. Yes, it is Phil Herndon. He is with us, River Tree Center. He's the clinical director there. You may have a a struggle with the future. You have a question? Get it in right now. 800-555-7898. Well, we're talking with Phil Herndon this hour of River Tree. He's the uh, clinical director there. And Phil, as we talk about the future, I think one of the things that for some of us, when we think about the future, it's the fear, the anxiety, all the things that can come up with that. As I think about it, to personalize it, it's my fear of lack of control. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know that I can control what's going to be coming down the pike here. I, I Will the money be there for retirement? Will my kids continue to walk with the Lord? Will those who don't come to know him? All those things. And as I kind of think about all those things that are outside of my control, it can be real easy to allow the anxiety and to allow the fear and all of those things to speak louder Mm -hmm. than what I know to be true. And you were just saying that it is using words bringing language to that that is is helpful how important is bringing those words to another person in this process yeah that's that's a really key it's like I, you, mean, you mean sit in my car and talk out <laughs> right talk to my dashboard because when i just tell myself this over and over again sometimes it kind of works a little bit and sometimes it doesn't yeah most of it doesn't for me that is a key question and brings back into the phrase it's just difficult to have a conversation about anything touching humanity without talking about other humanities, <laughs> other people, because we are so made for that connection. You know, we're, we're made for 
connection, the brain does connection and protection. So, you know, we've talked about that a lot, but it's such so key to understanding how humans work under the umbrella of what the gospel says is true. Because both of those things are in play, my humanness and what the gospel says is true. And so what you're describing, Steve, is I, I need to look at another face and there's something very comforting back to the parent coming into this. One thing for a parent to come into the room of a scared child scowling, mad, you know, ragey, you know, yelling or the silent treatment or a parent coming in and going, hey, I'm here. It's OK. I'll be here as long as you need me to be here. Those are two very different faces. Yeah. And so we need, it's called limbic regulation. That's the big fancy term for it. But we really need other human faces to regulate off of the body of Christ, uh, uh, 12-step fellowships, other types of fellowships, teams. Like We're made for that connection. And if we're doing a good, what we can do in our brains, if our brains want to protect us first, those kinds of conversations do both things. They provide protection for what's going on. I'm with you in this, and they provide connection. I'm with you in this. So we're able to double down and get both things we need and want just with a conversation with someone who's regulating with us well. I appreciate when people do listen. I wonder, though, we all know folks, and hopefully we're not that guy or gal, but we could be when it's something that's stuck in us. Mm-hmm. And and I know my ones where I'm stuck that it's probably going to come up in conversation. But I think about the coming election, mm-hmm. and there are so polarized views on everything. And when we get to that, because we want... We want to be able to talk it through. Mm-hmm. We tend to want to talk it through with everybody and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't ever move on. It, that, to me, is worrying about the future Yes, when we're having a difficult time trusting that the Lord really does have this, that mm-hmm. truly Daniel 2 is accurate, that he sets up kings and deposes yes. them. How do, how do we get beyond the, the stuck yeah, that this year we talked about it briefly. This year, that's that's in play. That's on the table, <laughs> yeah. you know. And what happens is, when you think about, look at re- reactions after elections lately, especially, um, people are are weeping and really having what we would call, you know, breakdowns. And part of that is they are so attached to a human that represents what they believe is going to be our future, our our word of the day, that those breakdowns are all about massive fear that this person did not get elected. And now my entire life, because what's happened is their connection has been to a human form that represents what makes me feel secure, whatever place you are on the political spectrum. And so the reason you see that people get obsessed with that is that person being elected becomes my my security and my safety and my making myself okay. If I think about he, she, whomever getting elected, if that happens, I can be okay and feel good about the future. However, if not, everything falls apart. It's back to that catastrophizing. And so we form connections, and we'll keep saying that word over and over today with future. We form connections with people and things and ideas, and that becomes a relationship. One of the reasons that so-and-so didn't get elected, so I'm crying my eyes out, is because so-and-so, we have a thing together, and I've never even met so-and-so. But when I sit in, I listen to the radio or whatever, the news or news feeds, I get connected in my brain to that person representing what I need to be okay. And so 
when the conversation continues to kind of blow up as it is right now and potentially get very heated, mm-hmm. um, when when we come across people like that who we can recognize, it is fear driving that, it is that connection driving that, is there any way to engage well in that? Or mm-hmm. do you think, you know, you just kind of, <laughs> I know if I go there, this is probably <laughs> going to devolve into <laughs> a lot of bad stuff. I think it's better just to kind of, mm-hmm. in a sense, keep your mouth shut and move on? Yeah. Or can we bring logic to this conversation. And that's two really key words. And if people can hang on to these words, people including me, this people, can hang on to these words, whether it's marriage or business or whatever it might be, if I can concentrate on how we're having this conversation about the what, if I can humanize Don, Steve, Joe, Jane, whoever, then I can talk about how we're talking about this as far more important than what we say. Ooh, ooh, that is going to take a lot of self-control. Mm-hmm. And we have to be reminded at this point that self-control is a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. It's not a fruit of the flesh. So it all is working together. Mm-hmm. As we look at the future, trusting the Lord, taking those fears and laying them aside, we do have Phil Herndon with us. He's clinical director of River Tree Center. And if you have a question, We want to talk about it. 800-555-7898. Do you ever worry about the future? Uh, If you don't have anything in your own life that you worry about, if you read the book of Revelation, does that worry you? There are all kinds of things that can bring concern to our lives. And director, clinical director of River Tree Center, Phil Herndon, with us as we ask him the hard stuff. I, I want you to put your pastor hat on for just a moment because mm-hmm. that is fear. When we start looking at the future and we start borrowing trouble of all the things we cannot know, we realize it's fear. Mm-hmm. What do we do with fear from uh, both the, the clinical and the counseling side of it, but, but with knowing that we're not supposed to fear. Cast your anxiety on me. That's what he said. How Uh come we cast and it just doesn't stick? We pick it back up. Yeah, my caster gets broken, huh? (laughs) Um, You know, funny, the the man who wrote those words, uh, Peter, was known as being this swashbuckling, fearless. But you see the, the Peter writing those two letters to the church. He's now seasoned. He's older. He's wiser. He's calmed down a lot. And it's it's not funny, funny, but it 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 we we need to see in Scripture who the people are that are writing. The brother of Jesus writes James. You know, so you look at this man Peter, known for impulsivity and reactivity, and he was going to take care of the future himself. Like, hey, these chumps are going to sell you out, not me, never. You know, <laughs> and, yep. you know. This, so this guy's writing that, and what's amazing is if you look at the end of that verse you quoted, Don. It says, because he cares for you, a highly relational, and the translation of that phrase is, it matters to him concerning you. And part of the answer to that question, the reason people walk into a therapist's office or walk into a pastor's office or a cup of coffee with a friend, is they're looking to see, is there a human version of that? Is there a human version of, my life matters to my friend, Steve, it matters, and, and his to me. And when that Here's our word again. Connection is made. That's where the gospel really comes alive. When I have those conversations and I experience in my humanness with another human, what the gospel says is true. 
And so if I can make that, if if Steve cares about me and I care about him, maybe that's true about God, too. We want to force ourselves to believe Peter first and then cram it across to each other. It's like, what if the body is made in order to have relationship here with connection and protection that allows me that that buffer zone to say, I think I'm experiencing that with God, too. Mm-hmm. I experience it with him. I experience it with God because it matters it matters to him concerning me, and that allows me to better able to see that it matters to God concerning me too. I, I love that you brought up Peter because as you we talk about the future and fear and all of that, we had that Peter that you talked about who said, "Nope, I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna go to Jerusalem. I'm willing to die for you. I'm gonna do all these things. Bring out the sword in the garden and cutting the guy's <laughs> ear off. The the whole thing." And that that same Peter was the one who just mere hours later, mm-hmm. because of fear of the future, mm-hmm. denies mm-hmm. his Savior three times. And then we see that restoration process mm-hmm. there, that connection process there with he and Jesus in his humanity, and Jesus with you know turning to Peter and, and restoring him in that way. So I, I love the fact that you know, you're able to, to bring Peter into that. And sometimes I wonder if we have this idea when we read Scripture that these were these amazing spiritual <laughs> giants, and some of them were, mm-hmm. but we forget about their humanity mm-hmm. too and mm-hmm. the failings of a person like Peter. Yes, and there's a key. You referred to uh, John 16, Steve, with uh, Peter's restoration. There's a phrase also in that passage. It said, you know, Jesus asked him three times. It says, Peter was troubled or grieved that Jesus asked him the third time. And what that phrase means is uh, cast into grief. So Jesus wasn't punishing him or condemning him, but he was like seat of the pants and kind of nap of the neck and throwing him back into Peter. You need to continue grieving your powerlessness about your future. And we know that's what the connotation was, because right after he says, hey, Peter, there's something coming down the pike that you're not going to want to be a part of, but it's okay. Phil Herndon with us as we talk about the future here this morning, clinical director of uh, River Tree Center, and glad that you're here. We're going to uh, continue the conversation with Phil coming up next hour, so stay with us.